0: I have tonight, I have a dilemma, which uh, all preachers understand this dilemma. I got moved to do this message a while back and held on to it a while. And the title is Biblical Exhortations, Biblical Exhortations. And I was going to preach it three or four different times and just didn't get peace about doing it, but tonight I do. But as 11 points. <laughs> that scares you right there. I have, I have been where you're at, and I heard a preacher say, well, tonight, you know, I got 10 points. You know, oh, my brother. Could you cut that to five and do two weeks? But uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. I'm trying not to rush too much, but I do want to get all of them. there. impactive if they can be together. Bear with me. I, I don't believe I will be long. I, have you ever been exhorted? The question is, have you ever been exhorted? Well, define the word. What does exhort mean? It means to encourage to help embolden someone, it can mean to cheer someone. It also can mean when you exhort somebody to advise them. You know, you give them advice. Just exhort you. Uh, it can mean to excite or to give strength or spirit or courage. Uh, who doesn't need some emboldening? I mean, who doesn't need some cheering? Who doesn't need some advising once in a while or strengthening or encouragement? Man, I need some encouragement. I want to do the right things. It sure don't hurt my feelings when people come up to me and, and say, keep on keeping on or do right till the stars fall or all of little statements that we mentioned. I looked through the Bible and found these 11 exhortations directly from the text, directly from the text where the Bible says I exhort. And I grouped them together. Uh, first and foremost, if I may start it off with, Timothy uh, makes exhorting, or the the, whole, uh, the Holy Spirit through Paul, which was to Timothy, makes exhorting the three main things uh, a preacher should do. Paul tells Timothy, I want you to preach the word. I want you to be instant. That means ready. In season, out of season. When you feel good, when you don't feel good. Uh, don't let your emotions. Boy, I could stop and just preach the whole. Don't let your emotions mess with you. You know what's right to do. Whether you feel like it's right or whether you don't feel like it, you know what's right. Do what's right, whether you feel good or don't feel good. I can't tell you how many times I get up here and preach, and I feel horrible. And even if this was a regular day during the week, I wouldn't want to do anything. And yet, God says, this is time. Get up, do what you do, and I do it. And amazingly, God works through our weaknesses. He says, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort. Exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. So uh, the encouraging, the advising is part of the, the major three areas that Paul was led to tell young, young Timothy, Timothy's about 40, I believe, uh, in doing. The word of God is the center of the wheel. I tell Wendy... About her position here, job description, real easy. You're the center of the wheel. That means anything that happens, you need to know about everything that happens in Gospel Baptist. You need to know where everything's at. You need to know, you need to have all knowledge. <laughs> but as much as lieth within you, I tell her, be the center of the wheel. And she does a good job at that. But the Word of God for us is the center of the wheel. It's the center of our wheel. It's the guide to us in a wilderness. It is an absolute in a world of flux and change. You know, I had somebody come up to me the other day. I remember 20 years ago we designed this, and I was so pleased with this, the way it worked out. The wood on this platform all matched. I'm used to going to fundamental church. Nothing matches. You go. I used to go to. Fun, how did I know a church was fundamental because the bathrooms were dirty? I mean, they they would use they would use two us to build the uh, stalls, and they just they wouldn't even bother finishing. They just used tube before. Us. They were all no paint. That, that that. You know that church was fundamentally Independent Baptist. But and so um, uh, somebody told me one time, your bathrooms are way too nice to be fundamental. I know we're on the very fringe of liberalism. But when, I, remember we did, I remember we did this wood here, this wood here. I was so, somebody the other day came up to me and said, that is so out. That is so passe. That is so not. Why, well, wood, nobody puts wood in. I went to somebody's house. I won't make a mention of this. They bought a new house, $350,000 house. And they went in, and they had the most glorious oak cabinets you ever laid your eyes on. I mean, beaut- Ladies. My wife would literally almost kill to have oak cabinets that nice. Solid oak, no laminate. The wife said, out. I want them all ripped out because oak's out. And painted cabinets are in. Painted cabinets? You can paint cabinets anytime. You don't like your cabinets? Paint them. But oak, finished oak, you can't. That's a work of art. But she said, rip them out. He tore them all out, put them on a the curb. And he got 500 bucks for all of them. That was probably $30,000 worth of old cabinets. And he put in these old painted, white painted cabinets. People came up to me and they said, oh, we need to drywall this over top of that. And we need to get rid of all the wood and paint. I said, no, no, for my dead body. And they said, I vote for that. And they're going to win by attrition of... But praise God in this world of change. I mean, one day oaks in, one day oaks not in. The word of God's consistent. It was consistent when I started with it at 18 years old and started really reading and paying attention. And at 66 years old, it's the same words of God. It's beautiful. Our God does not change. There is no shadow of turning with him. He changeth not. Uh, it is the very, the Word of God is the very mind of Christ. All arguments are settled over the Word of God. We as preachers are told to exhort. If you want to take it, preacher, uh, doc, a third of the time. There's three things third of the time we're told to exhort. I mean, he doesn't say that, but he said reprove, rebuke, exhort. You can say about a third of the time. You should advise or encourage, cheer your people up. The other two-thirds, whoop on them. <laughs> reprove and rebuke tough words. So we need two-thirds reprove and rebuke, and one-third uh, exhort. That's what the book kind of seems to lay it up. Now, you know, I, I'm sweet, so that really goes against my nature. But uh, we, we, I mean, we're, spoke, we're told to exhort a third of the time in our preaching, follow the words and instructions, help people, encourage people. And I want to be an encouragement to you. So let me, let me go through 11 very, very thoroughly. 11, biblically mentioned exhortations. First of all, and I put this number one, we're exhorted in the Bible to be of good cheer. Now you say, Brother Bill, I wake up sometimes, I'm not good cheer. But you're exhorted to be of good cheer. You're advised to be of good cheer. You're encouraged to be of good cheer. How many believe, don't raise your hand, that a lot of times attitude can be a choice How many of you wake up grouchy, or do you just let him sleep in? I mean, you don't have to wake up grouchy. It's a filthy habit. It's a choice you made to wake up grouchy. You can make the same choice to wake up happy. Happy, happy, happy all the time, all the time. I, used to, I know you can't believe this, but I used to wake up grouchy. I know it's hard to even conceive that I was grouchy. Sweet as I am. But you say it enough, maybe people believe it. But um, Jesus said, John 16, 33, and other places, these things I have spoken to you that, that in me you might have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. He said, you're going to be in trouble in the world. They're going to hate what you stand for. They're going to hate. But be of good, that's that's an exhortation. He says here, he says, I have, but be of good cheer. We're being exhorted to be of good cheer. Paul, when he was shipwrecked, he told him, I exhort you to be of good cheer. You can be of good cheer. It's a choice. It seems to be taught that being of good cheer is more of a choice than it is just, oh, I'm in that mood today, you know. I'm subject to a mood. Uh, no, don't be tossed about by every wind of mood. Decide you're going to be cheery, teenagers. Decide you're going to be cheery in the morning. Decide you're going to be of good cheer. I want to be of good cheer. We're supposed to, secondly, to walk and to please God. Furthermore, in 1 Thessalonians 4 1, it says, Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you. There it is. The Lord Jesus, that you have received of us how you ought to walk and to please God. Um. Most of my time I spend in trying to help people walk the Christian life ultimately and please God. I spend a lot of my time. And, and I spend a lot of my time trying to help people walk worthy of the calling that they have received ultimately in, and to please God. The third thing I see is the word to warn the unruly. First Thessalonians 5.14. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. Unruly means insubordinate, unwilling to be a team member, independent of authority. You know, that spirit is so destructive to a group of people. Uh, 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 Right now, the NFL, right now, the NFL, they've got a bunch of unruly players. I could cure that in one day. If I was an owner of a team, there'd be nobody playing my team that that kneeled at the Anthem They wouldn't have a job the next day no matter what it costs me and all they got to do that's all they got to do and every one of them boys go out try to get another job for a few million dollars see how it works out most of them boys would be at burger king eight bucks an hour i mean they got no talent but to run down with a little piece of pig skin and run back and forth on a field i hate to say it but a lot of them boys they just can run fast and they're, they're real, uh, they have a lot of agility, and that's, that's what they got to sell. And, and uh, what's going on is just unspeakable. It's going to ruin, trust me, when it's going to ruin the NFL. I haven't watched a game since it started. I'm not going to watch a game this year. I don't care. I'm not going to watch the Super Bowl. I'm not watching any of it if they keep doing that. Because, buddy, the pe- I, I, don't get me going. Don't get me going on that. That's just, that's just, brother, that's just not the thing to do. But imagine what that does to a church. Just rips the guts out of it. Rips the guts out of it. We exhort you, brethren, warn them, they're unruly. Um, every man cannot do what's right in his own eyes. Uh, it's chaos. Uh, and it's also contagious. Rebellion's contagious. You know, every ship has to have a captain. You wouldn't want to go on a cruise without a captain of the ship, man. Don't tell me there's five guys running a thing. I want a captain. I want a guy in a hard deal, he's gonna make a call. There has to be a general to every army. There has to be a boss to every business. There has to be a coach to every team. Leadership really is non optional if you want to have uh, a success in what you're doing. So he says, I exhort you and them to be, we've had some of those folks here, we've had to deal with it. They've tried to destroy our unity, essentially our effectiveness as a unit and a team. But brother, I'm going to tell you, there's nothing impossible to a group of people that put their minds on one area that they want to do by pleasing God and doing His will. And you may, it'd be amazing, boy, God's all over it. Fourthly, we're exhorted, I will review these with you, by the way. Fourthly, we're exhorted uh, that each work in quietness without mooching. That's not exactly a quote from the King James, but The word mooch. How many know the word mooch? Mooch? You've probably done it. Uh, I know know someone in this room that owns an RV that does, for sure. (laughs) 2 Thessalonians 3.12. Now them that are such, we command and exhort by the Lord Jesus that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. That's the mooching part. We're told in First Thessalonians 4:11, one of my favorite passages of all Scripture. It says, you study to be quiet. I, I, I title the message, "Shut up." People that say, "That's rude. Well, that's why I said it. Shut up." And it says, then to do your own business, that means mind your own business." And the third thing he says is to work with your own hands. So shut up, mind your own business and work with your hands." That's what Paul says, first Thessalonians chapter four, verse eleven, I'm preaching on it a couple times. And so we're exhorted to just be you know, you know, in First Timothy two, two, it's an amazing in a passage that says we're to pray for kings and for all of them in authority. Why? That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life. You know the, tr- the trouble with a lot of people is they're trying to live a whoa, mountaintop, super zealous, excited, adrenaline back life. That's not the godly life. The godly life is a quiet and peaceable life. Now, what's amazing, the older I get, the more I appreciate what I'm talking about here. Quiet and peaceable is beautiful. People come out to my house on a regular basis, and the one of the, I get this comment over and over and over and over again. They don't notice the lawn, they don't notice the little lake, they don't notice the house, they don't notice anything. They say, This is quiet. There is literally a peace that you can hear at my house because I'm nowhere close to any kind of traffic, any kind of airport. There is a background noise to being in the city that you even forget about till you come out to my place and you hear that quiet. I've had people, delivery people, come just stand there and say, man, this is just like heaven. This is beautiful out here. I say, yeah, that's why I'm out here, man. A mile and a quarter, of dirt road, never having a clean truck. That's why I'm here. The quiet and peace is worth it. I've people tell me, well, I couldn't keep my vehicle that dirty. You would. If you stayed out of my place two weeks, you wouldn't care what your vehicle looked like. The quiet and peace is worth it. And let me tell you, the, the, the exhortation of the Bible is that we live a quiet and peaceable life. We're not a bunch of renegades. We're not a bunch of, of, of troublemakers. We're living a quiet, peaceful life, godly. And It says in all godliness and honesty after that. Number five, um, we're exhorted that we pray for all men seriously. 1 Timothy two one says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks be made for all men. Now, you know, Jesus said to love your enemies, do good to them, despitefully use you, bless them that curse you. Now, man, I want you to get your attention right now. If it says to do that to your enemies, how are you supposed to treat your wife? I remember trying to repeat that. Maybe you didn't get that. It was too quick. The Bible says you're supposed to love your enemy. That's the one who wants you to die a slow, miserable, horrible death. They want you to lose everything. They want you to... To be uh, have strokes and just be horribly just awful. Think of something. That's your enemy, right? That's the Islamics. They want to cut our heads off. Here's the difference between a moderate Islamic and a liberal Islamic. The moderate holds you, while the liberal cuts your head off. I have I say that with authority because I've read I've read about it from people from within. And so, it, the point being that. um what is the point of all that? <laughs> Next page. <laughs> I love my... I got so far... I rabbit ran so far I forgot where I was. Pray for all men. We're to pray for all men. I pray for Obama that he'd be saved. It comes out hard, but I pray for Obama that he'd be saved. I pray for his wife that she could be saved. I pray for degenerate, that she would be saved. What a name. Oprah Winfrey, that she could be saved. Why not? The Bible says pray for them all. Pray for them all because there go I but by the grace of God. Okay. We must move on. You know, I, he says, number six, I exhort that we work for our employer as if we are working for Jesus. Stop griping. Oh, this is good. First Timothy 6.2. And they that have believing masters, it's talking about slaves. They that have believing masters, let them not despise them, because they are brethren. You got a believing master who owns you. But rather do them service, because they are faithful and beloved, partakers of the benefit. These things teach and exhort. The Bible never once says a word against slavery. You can't make it happen. It's not there. All it does is say if there is a situation of slavery and you're a slave, you do the best possible work you can for your owner. Well, does that rub the cat the wrong way? But I'll tell you this, in a country where there's 70% unemployment, and there are a lot of those countries, having a job is precious. Why do you think people are flooding? Why do you think we had 20,000 people invade America? It It wasn't immigration. It was invasion. We have been invaded by 20 million people. Why are they here? Work? Work? We have lived in America for so long, and we've taken for granted the fact that there's work. That you get up tomorrow, and you go, you people that are employed here tonight, are you going? There's a, you got a jo- you got a job. Do you get to go to? I've been in Haiti where there's nice strong young men. Seventy percent unemployment. No matter how much they want to work, there is no work, no profitable work. Boy, when I was there the first time or so I went there, that hit me hard. Here in America, we got jobs. You don't like this job? Go to that job. You don't like that job? Go to that job. You don't want to do this? Go to do this. That's why people are knocking our doors down. That's why we need to build a wall, because they will literally, all of South America will live up here. Whew. Work hard. He says, do good to your employer. Be the best you possibly can be for him. Don't resent him. Don't resent him. Don't have a bad attitude towards him. Make him some money. Be the most profitable employee he's got. And let me tell you, what comes around does go around. I think Zig Ziglar said, do more than you get paid for, and pretty soon you'll get paid for more than you do. Number seven, use the Bible to help people see the truth. Titus 1.9, holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught, that he may be able to, by sound doctrine, both to exhort and to convince the gainsayer, those people who oppose you, you should know how to give an answer to a Jehovah Witness out of the book. You should know how to answer a Mormon out of this book. You should know how to answer a Seventh-day Adventist out of this book. Uh, we are, we are, we are those who oppose. With sound doctrine, it's important that you study the Word of God. Some people are not motivated to study the Bible because they can't see really any use. What am I going to use beside for me? Are you kidding? All those people you work with, you can use the Word of God to help exhort them. I'm not talking about going around hitting them with a Bible, Bible thumping, but I'm talking about having an answer. Always ready with an answer that's biblically sound. Go back to the Bible for your information on how to live. People say, I'm having marital trouble. The Bible's got the answer. Soak your mind in the Bible till your blood becomes biblene. We're exhorted to do that. Number eight, we're exhort, we exhort young men to be sober-minded. Why? Because sometimes men, young men are silly. Silly. Uh, the Bible says there's such a thing as silly women laden with sin. Uh, but it says here in Titus 2.6, young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded. There it is, exhort, encourage, advise to be sober-minded. That means serious-minded about life. I think we got a whole group of young people that are serious-minded about life. And they're serious-minded about souls. Uh, No party-hardy-marties. I mean, excuse me. (laughs) they got serious plans about life, want to do the right thing, want to pursue God in their life, want to honor Him. Number nine, uh, we're exhorted not to back down in speaking the truth in love. Titus 2.15 says, These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise you. In other words, you try to argue with me about the Word of God and, the, and the, the fundamentals of the Word of God, I'm not backing down on that. It is what it is. Well, it offends somebody. Okay, it is what it is. I. Some people, oh my, I could stir you up with this. One of the schools in our country had a had, this, had a picture of the Twin Towers, and and they made them take it down because it offended the Muslims. Offends the Muslims. What? Let, no. Boy. Anyway, number 10, we're exhorted to be kind, the kind of a leader you should be by God's grace. Ask God to help you to be the right. You men of the house, you're leaders. You, you business people that are leaders. Uh, you women that lead other women. Uh, school teachers who are absolute leaders. They're leading those kids, their little flock. It says, the Elders which are among you, I exhort, whom also am an elder and witness the sufferings of Christ, also partaker of the glory that be revealed. Uh, the feed the flock of God which is among you, taking oversight thereof, but not by constraint, willingly, not filthy lucre, ready mind. Neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples of the flock. Any leadership. By the grace of God, we here starting with the elders, pastors, going all down. Number, number 11. I can't even believe I've been this fast. Number 11. We're exhorted to earnestly, and you knew this was coming, earnestly contend for the faith. Jude 1.3. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you. I exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. I believe we need to stay in the battle. We need to stay in the fray, stay in the local church that's out there slugging it out, may, trying to make a difference, seek to, seeking to deliver people from the bondages that the devil and sin have put them in. So in this 11, let me review these for you. We're exhorted to be of good cheer. Everybody said? Except a few people that are grouchy. We're exhorted to be of good cheer. We're exhorted to walk and to please God. We're exhorted to warn the unruly. We're exhorted to work in quietness. We're exhorted to pray for all men. We're exhorted to work hard for our employer. We're exhorted to use the Bible to help folks around us. We're exhorted to have young men, to encourage young men to be serious minded and sober. We're exhorted not to back down from speaking the truth. And we're exhorted, lastly or next to last, to be kind, the kind of leader God wants us to be. And then last, we're exhorted to stay in the Bible and contend for the faith. I exhort you, brethren. A lot of what a preacher does up here is uh, goes to the book. The book says it. The Holy Spirit encourages him to preach it. He forms it, formulates a message, and he preaches it. People sometimes amaze me when they get mad at the preacher for just doing what the Bible says he's supposed to be doing. He just is exhorting you and encouraging you and advising you to do the right thing. I hope I hope you go around exhorting some of these things to the people around you and encouraging them in your, in your leadership circle, because every one of you have it. Father, help us tonight. Thank you for the few moments we've had together. Uh, Father, thank you for the exhortations of the Bible. We pray, Lord God, there be some in this room that may not know what it means to be a Christian, to be saved, to have your sins forgiven, to be born again, to be born from above. But you're interested and you want to know about it. May, oh God, we always be open for that. May we walk around as we mingle with the world uh, clearly aware, give us an awareness of those around us. Help us to encourage them that are around us to come to church to hear the preaching of the bible to fellowship with god's folks father help us not to give up on folks as you have not given up on us lord god has helped us to have an endurance in that area we thank you for your kindnesses in jesus name amen let's stand together if you would like to know more about the lord jesus christ you may contact us at the church website gospelbaptistchurch.com